welcome to Awesome with Allison! And Eric, too. I liked that. I'm Allison, and our only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen, whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning, ding, something new and helpful. We hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. I'm here with the one, the only, the sexy, the sensual, the beautiful Mr. Eric Robertson. Hey. We're in Pleasant Pictures Studios here in Provo, Utah. It is a warm July day, and we are so excited to be bringing you episode 89. Are you out of your mind? No, because I'm going to be telling you how to be a lifelong learner and why it's going to make your life richer with my mom. Miss Marilyn Faulkner. With mommy? With my mom. You guys, this episode is so good. We were recording it and I was looking at my mom with my jaw dropped being like, why is she so smart? SMRT. <laughs> um, you're going to really, really enjoy this episode. And I am so grateful for what she's going to share with you because we're going to kind of blow your mind a little bit on what learning is, why learning is, and how you can use it to help you be happier, have a more fuller, richer life, have better relationships with those around you. We go into some good stuff. So I really hope you guys enjoy this. This is my mom. You can find her on Instagram at MG Faulkner. And my mom has written a number of books that we're going to reference. And we're going to provide links to all of those in the show notes. Let's just get into it. I've got a real beautiful, sensual, voluptuous treat for you in the <laughs> studio today. It's my mom! Did you know that I would be describing my mom that way? <laughs> well, you? it's perfectly fine with me. <laughs> I want a capital V on voluptuous. <laughs> if anybody was ever wondering where I get my inappropriateness from... No filter. Like, like yeah. Like <laughs> Sorry you, about that. You, yeah, you think what I do... It's not we, from your dad. Yeah, it's not... <laughs> no. And no. you know, we've had Craigers on the podcast Craigers before. Craigers has been and here. Craigers is always trying to share his dance moves on Instagram. And He's I'm, not shy. He's not shy. It's like he's... The problem is he's just kind of appropriate. Yeah, he's boringly appropriate. No, he's, he's not boring. Even when he's inappropriate, he doesn't just go flying over the edge. Well, and that's good. That's why we married men like that. Yes. But w the point is, is that, you know, people need more Marilyn in their lives. Well... I hope so. Yeah, definitely. So I'm super, super <laughs> excited to have my mom here today to speak to something she truly is a, um, well, like has a master's degree and essentially is a master of and is uh, an expert and really does in her life. And we're going to be talking about lifelong learning today yes, and how learning can bring you greater happiness, but just a little bit about my mom. Um, <laughs> she's really, really smart. She's a really, you're so smart. You're oh. the you're the most. No, your hair looks pretty. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that always the line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the you're the, and your hair looks and really your good. hair looks really good. Uh, you're the most smartest, and you <laughs> and I got the bestest grammar and the bestest grammar. <laughs> and so, when did you go back? You barely finished college. And Dad said you should go finish. Yes. Uh, Not barely like you couldn't get through it, like you quit before it was done. I she, actually... She can barely string two sentences I actually, together. kind of as a comedy thing, we could do a print of my college transcript because I just decided at college to take everything I was interested in. Yeah. Later that 
translated out to the most ridiculous classes that at the end they just sort of created a university stutter stud, stutters stutters, stutters for people who stutter but yeah. stutters major for me um, but uh, I, I had I had been a missionary in Japan I could speak Japanese so I was studying Japanese literature and I heard a guy in a class say that he had just worked as an intern for the Disney Corporation mm. using his Japanese and that the job was available. So I hurried up and got the phone number for him. I called, got hired over the phone. But I still had two freshman requirements to go at okay. college. And I just, every semester, I couldn't bring myself to do them. So I thought, well, what difference does it make if I graduate? And I just hopped in my car and left. And a few years later, when I married Craig, um, he could not believe that I left college with two freshman requirements. Which is funny because... I support you in that. <laughs> What's funny... Well, because Eric didn't Eric finish. Did yeah. can, yeah. I, can I just say something real yeah, quick? Yeah, throw it in. Go, Eric. I love... Uh, I married Allison and I didn't finish college. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty close, but I'm probably not going to do it. And I loved that, Marilyn, you guys had that standard... And you would talk about our future, and you said, you know, when you finish college and do this. You couldn't oh, let it go. No, and, and I, I, I bugged him so bad about it. And yeah. I would just, yeah. in go. my head, just like, nope, yeah. that's never happening. Yeah, and you, and, and you never once said, physician, heal thyself. You didn't <laughs> say that to me. Marilyn, no one cares if I finish college for yeah. a job. Yeah, or, or about your kids. Yeah. But, this yeah. is, but this is interesting because, um, one, first off, we're talking about lifelong learning, and I love... I mean, you've really exemplified this your entire life. You went to college and just giggled and said, I'm just going to take what I'm interested in. Yeah, but I didn't take classes that weren't difficult. I just oh. did things that I was interested and, in. And that's cool. Yeah. And that's, I, mean, I, I think that's like, good. That's the right way to do college. I just think that's an amazing thing to take note of, this idea of we think we have to learn certain things or do certain things, but you're you're doing what's interesting to you, and I think that's one of the reasons why you've continued your education at such a high level is because you're always doing what interests you. Well, here's where I should give all the credit to the autodidact who raised me. My mother really did just finish high school and got married when she was 19, had 10 pregnancies and seven children. Oh, my gosh. And... Um, you know, no cleaning lady. <laughs> That's her problem. <laughs> but a great, great curiosity. And she learned all of her life. She was always reading. Uh, she took advantage of the opportunities that came to her to learn. Uh, at that time in our church, they had a, a women's meeting in the week. And uh, one of the courses of study was once a month, they did what was called cultural refinement, which was you learned something about culture. And the years my mother taught that course, it was on literature. And she had literary anthologies. And when it was time to talk about Robert Frost, she learned everything there was to know about him. She made it into a college course. She was always studying something. And there was always a joke about with us, about my mom, that if you needed to know something, you would ask her and she would know. We expected my mother to know. <laughs> we have we have the same joke about you. In fact, Nichelle, Nichelle and I, this was so funny, Nichelle and I the other day were talking about the Gnostic Gospels. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's get more obscure. And Nichelle and I are diving into it, and we're so interested, and I said, you know who we should call? And I got my phone out, and I set it on the table, <laughs> and I speaker, I called her. I did not ask what she was doing. I did not ask where she was. I just said, hey, mom, I want to talk about Elaine Pagels. And Nichelle goes, wait, let's tell her. And I said, shh, shh, shh. Like, I quieted <laughs> Nichelle because Nichelle's thinking, we got to give her context. We got to tell her who Elaine <laughs> tell Pagels, her who Elaine Pagels and, is. And Marilyn goes, oh. 
ah, the Gnostic Gospels. <laughs> Gnostic from the root word, not wisdom. No knowledge. Knowledge. Yeah, knowledge, that's it. <laughs> knowledge literally goes into a college-style lecture. Michelle and I are rolling on the ground. I'm glad I'm the object of fun. No, 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 no. We were so, imp- we were so impressed. So I want to go back to this idea, back to this idea of you didn't finish college, you married daddy, he says, finish those classes, you finish them. And I was so glad. On the other hand, I think there's two things when you talk about gaining knowledge and learning. On the one hand, yes, bring it in, everything else. But on another, the other side of it is, if you don't put a parameter around it, if you don't put some structure to it, Mm. you may just be sort of wandering through life, gaining endless sort of dribbles of knowledge. Yeah. Um, and the, the really great thing about that was while I was pregnant with Kirk, I went back and took personal health. I probably should have taken it before. Yes. And, <laughs> and, and biology, which, you know, it's related also. And so we, I went back and did that while I was pregnant with Kirk at Fullerton Junior College. We wow. were living in Orange County. And then I got my degree. So I started college in 1971 and got a diploma in 1978. (laughs) But still, then years later, when I decided to go back and get a master's degree, I didn't have to go back and finish college. Yeah. And so a beginning, a middle, and an end, and maybe we'll have a chance to talk about that a little bit later. I really believe in... uh, when you're actually learning, put a beginning, middle, and an end on some things so I, that you kind of can can have packages of learning through your life that you can then use to build on the next thing. I really like that. And even when you were sharing the example for your mom, that she was teaching a class she to was some teaching women. A class, yes. And so that gave her an inherent deadline. That yes. gave her an inherent beginning, middle, and end rather than just endlessly um, accumulating information. Sort of random knowledge. Which is why, I mean, it's accountability essentially, yes. right? Which is, I mean, why some people like a book club. Yes. It's awesome. I do anything I have a deadline for. And I think most of us are the same. Yeah. And a book club, uh, doing the project with someone else, saying that a year from now I'm going to go to this artisan quilting conference, and so here's X number of things I'm going to learn in preparation for it. Yeah. We can create those learning packages in our lives without necessarily going to school. I love that so much, creating a learning package. TM, baby, let's trademark it. (laughs) Learning package. Honey, I feel a whole product line coming no, on. No, that's so good, though. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah. I just thought of that right this we're minute. We're so smart. High five. Bam. We're Again, we're the <laughs> most smartest. Uh, so I love that. So you went back. How old were you when you decided to get your master's? I was 40. Okay. Uh, I, I knew that I would go back when the last child went to school, and I literally opened the door, rolled Blake into the parking lot of the Montessori school and peeled out of there and went straight down to the campus. I actually did walk him to the door. But I went... Pushed, pushed him by his <laughs> tiny back. That's right. <laughs> Take your snack and get in there. <laughs> I, um, I was very frightened to do it. I was 40 years old. Um, and you went to SDSU? I went to San Diego State University because they would accept me part-time. I had to take the graduate record exam. I passed the English part. You know, yeah. <laughs> I can't think what that is, qualitative part. And I failed the math part. Yeah. But they accepted me, and they accept adult students, and that was what it had to be. Uh, I was very afraid to go, and our school didn't start till two weeks after college had started. 
And I, I had five children. I simply could not go start college two weeks before school started. So I yeah. thought, I have to wait another year. And then I thought, if I wait another year, I just won't do it. Yeah. So I actually just took the advice of a friend who said, drive down, put your foot on the campus, and things will start to happen. And the first thing that happened is I was thrown out of a classroom. I went in and, you know, it, we're not in Provo anymore. Yeah. Uh, the, the class was packed full. Those classes are packed full. I stood in the back and waited for some young man to stand up and offer me his seat. That wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so I sat on the floor in the back feeling, this is ridiculous. I don't yeah. have to go through this, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end of the class, I went up to the professor and said, I know we're two weeks into the school year, but I need to take this survey course, an English survey course. And he said, don't waste my time. We're two weeks into the school year. So he literally just sent me away. So then I thought, well, I'll get in the car and go home. But then I thought, no, I have to keep trying. So I went to the next class, and uh, there was, in fact, a seat available. That was an omen. And there was a lovely man teaching the class, and he was talking about Wordsworth. I can never tell this story. He was talking about Wordsworth, and he opened the poem, Lines Written at Tintern Abbey. And I looked around, and for the first time in 15 years, I was sitting in a room with people who liked to read poetry. <laughs> and yeah. I simply, raising children in an environment, I... They wanted to be there, and I wanted to be there. And I, I, I just, I had to fight back the tears. And I thought, well, judging by the first experience, I have to do something to impress this person to let me in. Mm. And uh, he happened to, in that poem, they they talking about uh, the weeds and the thing, and they, and they used the word rank. And uh, he said, why do you think he used the word rank? And so I raised my hand and I said, because rank has a few meanings. You know, flowers may smell rank, but soldiers are lined up in ranks. And and so I, you know, all of the years that I'd studied with Dr. King and know something about words, and when I said it, I caught his attention. And afterwards, I went up and said, I know it's two weeks into the school year, but would you accept me in your course? And also the courses are full, so they don't want to accept you. Yeah. But he let me in, ended up being a great friend to me through the five years that it took me to get a master's degree. So it was it was a... A scary day. That whole day was scary. That is such a good story. I'm pretty good crying story. over here. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. because so many of us can barely get ourselves to the point where just put your foot on the campus. Uh-huh. And not only did you get your foot on the campus, then there wasn't a place for you. Yeah. And then not only was there not a place for you, the teacher turned you away. Yeah, he sent me away. He, he was a jerk <laughs> to you. He was. Right? He was. And then not only that, you had to go to the class, but then you didn't just show up and, oh, okay, now we're going to accept you. You had to you had to bring something to the table. I knew I had to get his attention to win that seat because there's a waiting list for every of the, one of those classes. And I just love this idea. Think of whatever your goal is. Think mm-hmm. of whatever it is you're trying to achieve in your life and what's your putting the foot on the campus. And I honestly, I can go through and I can look at different things I've wanted to do and I can be like, Oh, yeah, I decided that it wasn't meant to be when there wasn't a seat for me. Uh-huh. Or I decided that it wasn't meant to be when I had to prove myself. Yeah. Or I decided when maybe maybe some of us, we didn't even, we weren't even able to drive up to the campus and put our foot on the campus, right? Which part of that story did you decide to quit at? Or uh-huh. are you deciding to quit at? Uh-huh. Because I feel like we just need it modeled for us yeah. over and over and over again that 
You're not just going to get it. They're not just going to offer it to you. Yeah. And the same thing with your learning. Yeah. With your learning package. With my learning package. With your learning package. And I can tell a backside of that story as well that happened about 10 years later. I decided I had the master's degree. I'd had it for a few years. And so I decided... Now I'm going to try to get a doctoral degree. Mm. And I... And just, she got a master's in British literature. In British literature. And you graduated from SDSU with your master's in British literature. Yes. And we all went to her graduation. And it was beautiful. And and another interesting thing is that you may think to yourself, well, I can't do what all the other students are doing. You know, that... With the degree. Well, even with or even during. Oh. You know, there was publications and social oh, things. Yeah. And, and there's always a politics of every kind of thing. And I knew all I could do was show up for class once a week. And even one semester, I had to drop out one semester because we were writing a product at our at our company. And it, we got a great big contract, and, and I just had to give up that semester. Yeah. Um, anyway, so there, you know, there was a lot that went along. But at the end, to my surprise, they chose me as the outstanding graduate student I remember in my college. And when I said, why? I didn't write the newsletter. I didn't do any of the things. I wasn't present the student you know it wasn't anything and he just said one thing he said you just read all those books <laughs> and he said you did the work he said every time anybody asked you anything you'd read a book about it and <laughs> and that's kind of thank you mother yeah you know thanks mom that i i did the learning part of it and that's what got me chosen so that's a nice thing. The backside of that story is, is a few years later, I got in my mind I wanted to go do a doctoral degree mm-hmm. using my Japanese. Mm. I said, well, I know what to do. I step on the campus. I go to classes. Yes. And pretty soon someone loves me. So I went down to UCSD. <laughs> yeah. So it I was like the sequel. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only the sequel, like most sequels. You know, bomb. We were just hey, hey, before you go forward. Though, I really like how in life you, you've already went through that hard process. Yeah. And now that that was a thing that you, there's no more fear. Yeah. Like you were ready to do that exact same thing because you've oh, already yeah. seen it. Because I knew it was going to work. Well, guess what? Well, that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. So I went down there. I sat. But it is what's interesting about that. I sat in this class, a Japanese class, and I speak Japanese pretty well. And so I'm sitting in there and trying to figure out what level I'm supposed to go at. And pretty soon this lady figures out I'm not enrolled in the class. And she came over and threw me out. Oh. And I thought, that's okay. See, I went through that once before. So I waited around for another Japanese class. I went and had lunch, you know, smiling. I'm going to make a story <laughs> out of this. I go into the next Japanese class, and guess who the teacher is? Same lady. Oh. And she was so mad by then. Oh, no. I, I just sat in the back. And when she walked in, she walked in after me, and I thought, oh, dear. And she she walked back, and she said, I told you. <laughs> basically, to go away. She said something in Japanese to me. So I went away, and that door just shut because the upper-level Japanese courses, she was in charge of those mm. courses. And so I walked away and thought about it, and it is really, it was true. After a while, I ha- I thought about that, and I thought, okay, if that door really slammed in my face after trying that hard, yeah, m- maybe it's time to pivot. And so I didn't think of it that way. That's when we hadn't thought of that yet. Yeah. But pivot! Um, but I just thought about it for a while, and after a while, I realized, yes, I, I have some more things I want to do learning-wise, but the doctoral degree, it just sounded great. Yeah. I mean, I really want to be Dr. Faulkner, but you know, it's just, I'll call you Dr. Faulkner. Thank you, if you just will. Yeah. It'll save me years of effort. <laughs> and so... <laughs> 
So anyway, um, that is interesting too. It you need to rather than say use it as oh I'm not worth anything I'm going to fail. Yeah. You say okay I really beat my head against that door as hard as I could, um, and it that may not. So let me turn sideways a little and see where I can take this. So that, you know, there's two things. It's interesting how that exact formula worked once, but it didn't work twice for me. But still, I went on, and it turned out it was um, writing books was what was coming next, not the doctoral degree. And you've written three books. Four. Four? Yeah. What's the fourth one? Oh, oh back no, to the three best scriptures. Books. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back to the best books. The first book I wrote on the classics. Yeah. Examining 36 classes. Classics. Classics. And um, then the three books of scripture commentary. And so you've written the four books. Yes. And now you're possibly thinking about going and getting your doctorate. Well, if it, if it, if it works out. If it I'm going to go out. down there and slam my head against the wall a few times yeah. and see what happens. Yeah. And, I, and I, <laughs> I love that. So I just have a few questions. And then we have three solid takeaways for people Absolutely. to continue on your path of being a lifelong learner. But the question I want to ask you the most is, other than saying it's fun, you have a master's in British literature, what do you feel like going and getting this education or having this education has done for you in your life outside of... Um, writing books and outside of the actual education part of it. Do you see what I'm saying? Outside of the degree. Yes. Um, I really uh, had a question in my mind. To me, the questions are what makes life interesting. Mm -hmm. And I generally throughout my life have had two or three questions that are kind of on my mind. And if I feel like I can, um, in some cases, I've spent years and years just articulating the question better. That's as far as I'm going to get on this earth, I think. Um, However, there are certain questions. When I was in college, I would look around at the classes that the reason I didn't major in English, one of the reasons I didn't major in English was I just thought, first of all, that's what all the girls did, and I didn't want to do what all the girls did. But um, I, I looked around and I thought, well, how can they tell? Why is that a classic? I mean, so why is Huckleberry Finn a classic, mm. but Gone with the Wind kind of isn't? You know, you don't study it in college. And Gone, Gone with the Wind was more fun to read. I mean, I didn't. I, I, what is that about? So what makes a great book great was a question I had in my mind. And I actually, when I went back to do my master's degree, my goal was at the end to be able to answer that question. That is so funny. I love that. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. so I'm interested in certain things that I like to think about. Yeah. And and I I want to get an answer to my question. And once again, that comes from my mother, who always had a question. Uh, And she was always asking questions. And I've told the story before of being about 10 years old. She always had a a Bible or a scripture on a little wire stand on her kitchen table. And one day she just turned around to me because there wasn't anyone else to talk to and said, Marilyn, do you think Jesus was married? Now, this is long before we had Tom Hanks in the movie, you know, the, what is it, the Da Vinci Code. And, yeah. You know, she just said, gee, you know, in order to talk in the synagogue, you had to be 30 years old and you had to be married and blah, blah, blah. She'd read this thing. And she said, do you think he was married? And I read the New Testament to get in on that conversation. And you were 10. 10. Yeah. They gave us one at church. And <laughs> so you read it. And I have it. I actually read it. And I didn't read, you know, I didn't read all the, all the, but I read the gospels part. And I really, I wanted to be in the conversation with my mother. And one of the last conversations I had with my mother, <clears throat> I can know I can do this, at 93, was an ongoing argument that we had for 40 years about whether Trollope or Dickens was a better author. <laughs> and we 
seriously, she's lying there dying in her hospital bed. And we're still on that topic. But do you know how great that is? How great it is to have ongoing conversations with people that are substantive, that are interesting, and that you learn from, and that you can bring something to. And um, I really think families where people are interested in things and talk about things they're interested in. Yeah. I never heard my mother once in all those 93 years ever say, you ought to read your Bible. She was just interesting to talk to about it. Yeah. And so my question when I went and did my degree was, what makes a great book great? And I then had an opportunity to write a column for an online magazine, which I wrote for seven years called Back to the Best Books, and I talked about the classics. And at the end of that, I compiled that. It took me three years, but I wrote a book, Back to the Best Books. You can buy it on Amazon if you want. It's a great book. <laughs> it's a great good. book. It good. really is. We'll link to it because mm-hmm. it really is a great book. If you want to read classic literature and you can't afford or are not in a position to go back to school, it's you like can taking talk a to class. Me. Yeah. You get to talk and listen to how fun she is. <laughs> I put my email address in the back. <laughs> she I wants had, to talk. I had this... His name was Eric, actually. I won't blast him and say his last name, but uh-huh. he used to call in... Uh, high school he would call me you know because we didn't have cell phones as much and he would call just hoping my mom would answer so he could talk to her about books he was interesting yeah, i like that kid yeah well i didn't i had a crush on him and he was calling for my mom so so anyway it's fun to be able to talk about things and yeah. i ended up i didn't know that i would end up writing a book and the introduction to that book what makes a great book great was was the culmination of about 15 years of study. The master's degree, seven years of writing the column, three years of combining the book. And I really feel like I came up with a pretty good answer and it was very satisfying for me. Yeah, but I just, I love that even as the first thing we talked about was giving yourself some sort of parameters mm-hmm. and maybe a parameter that would work for someone is a question that they a have. A question. The only reason I would like to go back and get a doctoral degree is that I have a question. What's your, do you, would you like to hear it? I would like to I'm hear so it. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I noticed that when you go to a Shinto shrine, they write the name of the people that they're praying for on a little piece of paper, and they tie up these little prayer flags or papers. Once when I was in Mexico City, I saw the celebration of Our Lady of Guadalupe, where they take a, a young girl in a white dress, and she crawls on her knees five miles to the cathedral at the center of town on rugs that people lay down, and it's a big procession. And guess what? She has little pieces of paper pinned all over her mm. with the names of people that people are praying for. And and it got me thinking about in our religion as well, we have a culture that you write the name of a person you're praying for in the temple on a piece of paper, like focuses your mind. Well, that's just one example of what I would call divination, yeah. which is the use of physical objects to connect us to the divine. And I would like to understand why that works. Why do people do that? And why is it important? And also, how does that go cross-cultural? Like how many cultures can I find that use the same little method of divination? Because we think, well, it's really superstitious. Say, for example, if you think that um, a person lights a candle and that means that the prayer goes up to a saint or something. But it's so culturally pervasive that there must be something at the bottom of it and so I'm really interested in that, and I found a university that, you know, that would let me study that. But I don't. I'm not sure I have enough time. I have plenty of time to do it. I'm just not sure. You have to decide how to spend your time. Yeah. So I may need to put a package around that learning that isn't a doctoral degree. Yeah. 
Um, maybe it's a book. Yeah. But one way or another, it's got to have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and a deadline. Well, I feel like we've learned a lot as well as taught a lot during this podcast episode. That's what I'm saying. Because that might be a great solution. So we're just taking a little break because I told you about this exciting partnership we have with Amazon Home, and today is Prime Day. Yes, July 15th and 16th is Prime Day on Amazon. So what I'm going to need you to do is I'm going to need you to check out my little storefront that I made because I went through Amazon Home brands and I found my absolute favorite things. But these deals, I mean... Prime Day, it's going fast. These deals are not going to last. And Nichelle and I curated things we love. I have some of these items in my home and they are so fun. You're not going to want to miss it because remember we talked about that idea of creating an intentional space, but it can be so expensive. And the cool thing about Amazon Home brands is that when you're a Prime member, there's free shipping, amazing warranties, returns, 30 days, no questions asked. These are awesome products that you can bring into your home, see if they work for you. And then if they don't, you have that assurance that you're going to be able to keep going until you find something that that works for you. So what I want you to do is I want you to look for my newsletter because I'm sending the links out there. Head to my Instagram because we're doing an IGTV live. I've got swipe up links there. You can shop everything from those links. We are so excited to bring you the best. And we want to thank Amazon Home for sharing these amazing deals with us and supporting the podcast because it's the support from amazing people like Amazon Home that enables us to keep bringing you this fun content. So thank you so much to Amazon Home. Please don't miss out on these deals because they're quick. They're going fast. So check them out. All the links on my Instagram, my newsletter, and in the show notes. I'm so glad I came over this morning. I'm so glad. I'm so So glad to be here in beautiful downtown Pleasant Picture Studios. (laughs) Missouri (laughs) Robertson. Okay. Okay. We had three kind of takeaways for people Absolutely. that we were going to hit on. And the first, uh, so that they can continue to be a lifelong learning learner, that they can maybe create yes. a learning package for themselves. And one idea that we just wanted to touch on was this idea of learning versus information. Okay, let's talk about that just for a second. We are, yeah. we are taking in tons of information right now. Yes, and so people might even be feeling overwhelmed or they're like, I can't take anything else Mm-mm. in, right? No. Yeah, and people will, like, sometimes they'll ask me to go around and talk about books and people will come up and say, as soon as I get done with this and this and this and this, I'd like to read that book. Well, um, I I just think that uh, if you think to yourself when you're, say, scrolling, there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with the internet, Googling, searching things, but all of that is taking inf- information in. Learning I like to think to myself, if it's learning, it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm. It it's more of a package. It's more uh, it, it, there's some there's something around it. So for example, I'm I'm kind of interested in divination. I might go online and just kind of scroll around and say, oh, look, this religion does this and this culture does that. Now, if I'm going to really learn something about it, I may make a notebook. I may make take some notes. I may phrase a question. And then write some answers to that question. In other words, you ought to have something to show for it if you're learning it. You know why I think I love the podcast so much? Because I always love to say I love learning. And I just, yes. like, I do. I just, I love learning. I know you do. And <laughs> um, because I get interested in something. Yes. And then I learn about mm-hmm. it. And then I get to come here and sit and talk about yes, it. Yes, and it makes a package. And it, it does. It makes a package. Mm-hmm. And that's even why I like writing Instagram captions. Yes. Because I think on something and then I share it and then through mm-hmm. teaching it, yes. 
it, and it doesn't have it, to be a whole course. In yeah. fact, being able to distill what you've learned, as you are so good at doing, being able to distill what you've learned into a smaller form mm. um, shows that you have learned a great deal. And that's people like to listen to your podcast, not just because you're fun and funny, but because you really do distill concepts that may be a whole book worth of a concept. I, I go, I, like, for example, I saved your book thing where you recommended books. Oh, I saved that. That email? Yes. And oh, I, thank you. Yeah, and I wrote down what you said because in two or three lines, you've made me interested in that book. And, th- and that shows that you are, have been able to distill that. And that, that's a real measure of learning. I like that. Well, thank Good you. Good for you, daughter. I got it from you. Okay, and I got it from my mom. <laughs> okay, so maybe, you know, the first takeaway is to focus on learning rather than just in taking information. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why you're feeling overwhelmed. Maybe that's why you're feeling like your brain is mush. Is a because you're scattered. just yeah. taking in information. And so in order to learn, focus on constructing a beginning and middle and end for yes. yourself. And yes. it doesn't have to be some, you don't have to start a podcast. No, you, you take some notes on your phone yes. that you can go back to. But in some way or another, other kind of, um, uh, I think I like the word distilled. Br- I love Bring that. it down into yeah. some usable form. Do you know what I do? That's, She's grinning at me. Well, I'm just grinning because <laughs> I do things that are really dorky that I don't realize that I do. I keep running notes on my phone on different topics. Yes. So that as I pick up different information about like you like that, I'm like, oh, divination. Like that's something that I would have like titled in the note section of my phone. Yes. And then every time I get something in that, I put mm-hmm. it in and I just like keep almost like little files of yes. things that I'm interested in. Like and, that. I, and I have found that, that one of the casualties of giving up pieces of paper and books and notebooks is that sometimes we are not as adept at doing that on our phones as you are. Mm. One of the things I teach my scripture class, my Bible class, um, is we all get out our phone and we learn how to make a notebook with a topic. Oh, that's awesome. And, and how to put the because I had to learn how to do it. Because it has, it, people have gone from people who kept notes on things yeah, and, and sort of had a file on that to people who just sort of scrolling on their phones and then they can't retrieve that knowledge. Well, and I also keep a physical notebook for that reason. Yeah, good reason. Because, mm-hmm. but it is yeah. like, even if you're adept at using it on your phone, there is something different in having the physicality of it. When I left college, my uh, mentor and professor, Dr. Arthur Henry King, who taught Shakespeare and was a great person in my life handed me the honors reading list from our university and said read this while you raise your children read these books now i didn't read all those books but i read i read a lot of books while i raised my children and it and that was a great lesson to me that like my mother is not just going to come along you have to make a conscious effort and so for those 15 years before i went back to school i was had in the back of my mind all that time i will go back to school and i will have read these you know, I put a little deadline on it, but it was yeah. a long way down the road. And so you might also do that rather than saying, well, after I finally get the kids raised, then I'm going to, you know, right now I'm just taking yeah. in information what I'm doing. No, have some subjects you're passionate about and that your kids kind of have to shake you to get you out of. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and I love what you had is you had a list. Yeah, and that's what I—that's what I think. Um, your book, Back to the Best Books. You know how I like a nice bag yeah. and, a, and, a, and a nice sandwich. A nice and a sandwich. sandwich. Those are some Maryland quotes. Maryland quotes. She likes a nice bag. You can't have stuff without putting a bag in it. A nice sandwich yeah. and a nice list. And your book, Back to the Best Books, would be a really great starting point for someone to have a list of classics to read. Yeah, I, I in that I say, you know, just read them with me. Thirty-six of them. Uh, while I write, wrote the column, I invited people who 
read the magazine to join a book club with me. Yeah. Uh, 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 it was before there was even, they had to send me an email. That was all there was, you know. Yeah. And over a thousand people joined and read the classics with me. And it was really fun because each classic that we would read, different people would come forward and write. It it got to different people. So you can, with the internet, everything we've got, you can find people who are interested in what you're interested in. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so we want to focus on learning rather than just taking information. Right. Our second takeaway um, is you wanted to speak on, and I love this, this idea of compartmentalizing learning. Yes, I, and I think I may have just answered that. Like when I said, we, we often say to ourselves, I'm going to go take this class mm. after my kids get bigger or yes. whatever. And actually, just, I mean, that my mother was the great example. She never did go take a class. She just learned all her life. So if you're interested in something, start now. Just get some books and get a notebook and start learning about it. So you're saying, to break this down, you, you don't live life and then in another box you yeah. learn. I'm saying you're don't, saying, yeah, don't come up your life you're learning. learning. Yeah, your because you're learning. learning, whatever you're learning about, even though it seems totally unrelated, will bring great richness to everything else you do. If only the passion your children see in your life that you have something besides them that you're interested in. Well, and I, you were even talking about relationally. Yes. Learning. Like I How think it affects your relationships. Eric and I, one reason I think we're excited to talk to each other is he learns things and I learn things. And then we get together and we're excited to, to talk about the things we've learned. Yes, and I think going um, all of your life that way, I mean, you're... Listeners may or may not know that we have built a ranch out at the Faulkner. Oh, yeah. They built, my parents built a ranch. A ranch. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you know, nerdy me who likes to sit around with my books, um, my bedtime reading is horses, goats. I have three horses now, two goats, and, you know, pretty soon I'm going to get a partridge in a pear tree. But I, I, I'm studying how to take care of horses. It's fascinating. There's so much to know. This is so cool. Can I just say this yes. real quick? One thing that I think starts learning is curiosity. And yes. you're, you're super curious. Yes. When you, I, I was just thinking when you have all this information that you're just pecking at from the internet and from yeah. TV, it's hard to be curious when you're just letting things come at you. Yeah. So how do you, you, you're, you're one of the most curious people I know. And the people I think who she's learn inherently all, curious. No, I, I, I see yeah. that. Yeah. But, but how, how would you tell someone to be curious? Because I know that there's been times in my life where like, I don't want to read a classic. I'd no, that's most watch, of the time. Me I'd too. rather watch Netflix. But yeah. how, how do you like, how do you, foster curiosity. Okay, well, I think that's very good because it is something that you have to make a conscious decision to keep going. And one of the things I think that people do is sort of compartmentalize themselves. I'm the type of person who does this. Yes. Now, I could easily say about myself that I am the type of person who studies books and likes the classics. I'm not a person who rides horses, breeds goats, or does anything like that. <laughs> yeah. But why not? Why couldn't I be that kind of person, too? And when Craig suggested we built this ranch and I went out there, um, I thought, I'm going to just be in it with him. He's learning how to build a pond right now, and, and he has books, and he's learning everything he can about it. My job is to learn how to take care of the horses and the goats and the animals. And we both, at night, our conversations are hilarious. Oh, because, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about this kind of stuff all the time. But you know what? If we weren't, what we would be doing is stewing over our adult children and our grandchildren and being in their business too much, which I already am already. And I, 
I think it's better for us to be developing new things that we're interested in together. One of my favorite New Yorker cartoons has a husband with a suitcase and his golf clubs over his shoulder. And he says, well, the kids are grown and gone, so I'll be on my way too. (laughs) (laughs) And his wife is just standing there looking at him. (laughs) And and I think that's a deep truth, that that we have certain periods of time in life, uh, whether it's working or children and you get to the end of it and if that's all you were learning about if that's all you were curious about all of a sudden you hit a big wall but if you're always thinking this is so exciting because if I have 10 minutes to spare I'm going to do this uh, and I just don't put a lid on what you might be curious about. I've observed curious people and people who learn and their, their lives are so much richer and also when you're curious and learning stuff you are more fun for other people. Yes, you're interesting. So I think it's like an antidote to loneliness yes. or complacency to be curious and learn. You will attract other people and it just it's just richer as a whole. Everybody likes someone who is um, interested in something. Right. And in an answer to your question, Eric, how do I motivate myself to take on some of the harder things rather than just sort of take in what's easy because we could binge on Netflix for the rest of our lives. There's so many good shows on. In fact, I barely wanted to take the time to come and do this. No, (laughs) but but, um, what I say in the introduction to my book and I remind myself of is there are two kinds of pleasure in life. There's easy pleasure, which is wonderful, and difficult pleasure, which is even more fulfilling. Um, Great sex is a difficult pleasure. Sex with yourself, you know, with porn is an easy pleasure, but it's a different kind of thing. And the difficult pleasures in life are those that take us toward joy. And a classic or a difficult book is a difficult pleasure, like climbing a mountain or going on a hard run. It's hard. It may be hard to make yourself do it, but you have a euphoria at the end when you reach the top of that mountain that you can't get any other way unless you climb the mountain. And if you have a friend or somebody that you're working with that's saying, well, come and take that hike with me and help you through the hard parts, when you get to the top, it's really thrilling. So if you read Tolstoy and you get to the end of War and Peace, I'm telling you, it's a big thrill. That happened to me with the Brothers Karamazov. There you go. I had that euphoric feeling. Yeah, I could tell when I was saying it, your eyes were just, you'd been there. Everybody's had the example. My mother, I remember my mother pounding on the door saying, Marilyn, you have to come out for dinner. But I was two days (laughs) into Gone with the Wind and I wasn't coming out till it was over. I had to find out. That's That's a marvelous pleasure. And in life, if we get fooled by the idea that only the easy pleasures are what we're going to spend our life doing, um, our relationships suffer and our minds suffer. Everything suffers. So a lot of people are really great about getting up and running five miles, but you hand them a, a thick book and they think, oh my gosh. Once again, <laughs> don't put a limit on what you might find really quite thrilling. I love that because we were talking about compartment, compartmentalizing learning, mm-hmm. but don't compartmentalize yourself yeah. and your curiosity and what type of person, person you're you going are. to be. And I love that, the difficult pleasures. Yeah. That's so beautiful. You're so good. Oh, I mean, we can, I we can wrap it right there. That was well, the thought. I know the, we're not going third, to, but. The third one is learning as a key to happiness. And I think that's what you just started yeah. touching on, but you had a beautiful quote about that. I have actually carried this. I, uh, some of these things touch on something I'm pretty, you know, kind of emotional about. <clears throat> so you'll pardon me, folks. So you also get where I get. Yeah. <laughs> I cry oh, in every yeah. episode, so in yeah. case anyone was oh, wondering. It's so bad. Mash reruns, anything. You know, it's <laughs> like commercials. I'm, <laughs> oh, it's, I apologize. But that is my father's fault. My mother wasn't crying, but my dad was blubbering. There's a great quote that I read 
I read this book probably when I was in high school, and I've actually carried this quote around with me for that many years. This is Merlin, if you've seen the Disney movie The Sword in the Stone. This comes, that movie comes from the book The Once and Future King by T.H. White. And Merlin is training Wart, who grows up to be King Arthur, and he says this. The best thing for being sad, replied Merlin, is to learn something. It's the only thing that never fails. You may grow old and trembling in your anatomies. You may lie at wake at night, listening to the disorder of your veins. You may miss your only love. You may see the world about you devastated by evil lunatics or know your honor trampled in the sewers of baser minds. There is only one thing for it then, to learn. Learn why the world wags and what wags it. And I've said this to myself thousands of times. That is the only thing which the mind can never exhaust, never alienate, never be tortured by, never fear or distrust, and never dream of regretting. Learning is the only thing for you. Look what a lot of things there are to learn. And life brings its share of joy, but it brings its share of sadness, terrible sadness. And it has so many things about it that you cannot control. Being a person who likes to control things... Um. <laughs> Wait, where did Allison get that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it reminds me, Eric, our first family vacation, you said we're coming to your house and your mother's already sent me two agendas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh dear. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, uh, much of my life, I when I hit up against something I can't control, um, for example, the last couple of years have been pretty scary. Uh, and you notice I've got a whole new question now that I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. The question isn't, why is this happening to me? You're not going to get an answer for that one. But the question is, what can I learn more about human beings, about life, about books, about something that can make me richer and brighter and more fun to be around and that can fill my mind up with things that I can control? And then the other things may come along um, and I'll be more of a person to meet them. And that's worked for me so far. You're doing so good. Thanks. And your hair really does look good. No, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and let me just say, and Ed, Eric can edit this out if he wants, that I could not be more proud of you. And Thank you. I am among the many thousands of people who listen to your podcast and find ways to make my life a little better and easier from the things that you have learned and distilled. So as a mother and also as a fan... Thank you for what you do, both of you. Oh, well, thank you. you. I mean, people listening, I know I get this a lot when I introduce my when I introduce you and dad. They're jealous. They wish they had parents like that. I listen to you speak and it's just easy for me to think like I can't take any credit for any sort of success because such greatness has been modeled for me and all I can do is hold myself to that standard and try to share it. No, but you look so much better in those outfits. No. <laughs> oh, and I've never jumped out of a cake. <laughs> Allison, not yet. But, but, but I just want everyone listening to know that, like, I appreciate what I have. I want Thank people you. to know that I Thank appreciate you. what I have. I appreciate my mom. I appreciate my dad. I appreciate my husband. And I just want people to know, like, I can sit around and, and you might appreciate what you have. And we can sit around and we can feel guilty for the good things that we have, or we can hold ourselves to a higher standard and try to share them. And that's what I'm doing. And that's why I brought you on the podcast. And I'm so, this was so good. This was so fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Okay. I love you. Bye. So it's fine. 
it's fine. We're just crying. We're crying. We're laughing. I mean, we're just having a good time here in Pleasant Pictures Studio. Wasn't that so good? I love that last quote she shared. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, from the Once and Future King. So I want to read that to our kids. I know. I want to read it too. I hope you guys are inspired. I know. It's really cool to get to talk to your parents as people. Yeah. It's a strange thing sometimes. You see them in a whole different way. And so we're also going to, in the show notes, put the link to the episode that we did with my dad because it's a really good episode. What did we talk about with him? Taking action. Yeah. Three steps. People still reference it, though. They really like it. I'm really grateful that I was able to share my mom with you guys. But mostly I was grateful for what I took away. I I feel like there were so many good nuggets there. So I really hope that that serves you guys. Again, we want to say thank you so much to Amazon Home. They are so much fun to partner with. You are not going to want to miss out on the deals. You are not going to want to miss out on Prime Day. It's such a good time to look into these Amazon Home brands. They have such good stuff and use your Prime membership perks to get these really awesome deals. So be sure to check your newsletter. I'm sending out the links there. And also be sure to go to my Instagram. I'm going to be doing an IGTV live and my stories. I'm going to have some swipe up links on some of my favorite products. And just so you guys know, like I'm so picky (laughs) about partnering with anyone for the podcast. Working with Amazon Home has been a dream come true. They've been so amazing to work with. They're such a fun company. And I'm really, really excited about the product and the customer service, and that's really what they focus on. If you love the podcast, go and check these things out. Click on the links, and we don't do a ton of this, and when we do, it's very intentional, and we really are excited, and we're excited for Prime Day, the 15th and the 16th, today and tomorrow, so make sure you don't miss out. Eric, do you have a review for us? Heck yeah, I do. This is from Katie Kitty White, speaking of education and college campuses. She says, I finally caught up and have listened to every single episode of the best podcast on the planet. Every episode? I've never been so happy and sad at the same time. I guess I'll have to start at the beginning again. I finished my first year of college recently, and I can honestly say that listening to Allison and Eric helped me get through some really uncomfortable growing pains and huge life changes and come out of them better than I could have imagined possible. Thank you so much for all the love, light, and awesomeness you give to us all. Sending you both so much love and gratitude for all you do and share. Katie. College. College Katie. Good job going to college. That seriously means so much to me. I love to think of 18-year-old Allison on the college campus, like, listening to this podcast and, like, knowing some of these principles when I was 18. Are you kidding? That would have been so nice. Yeah. (laughs) I am so grateful for your review. And thank you so much. You guys have been sharing so much love on Instagram. Sharing is caring. We appreciate it so freaking much. Um, Katie, be sure to send an email to awesomewithallison at theallisonshow.com. Allison always has one L. And we're going to send you a crap load of goodies uh, from my Party with Allison swag shop. You guys are doing such a good job. I hope that this episode inspired you to be curious, inspired you to keep learning, and just inspired you to realize you have so much power. Like, because we can function and reason and have brains, we really are so powerful. And I think that's such a beautiful thought. I'm so grateful that you're here. And I want to remind you, only you can be you. And you are already as awesome as you need to be. What are you going to take us out on, sir? So over the last couple months, I've been working on this album for a band called Valentine in the Regard. They're cute. And so I like co-wrote this album, produced it, and I'm super proud of it. It's kind of like a lo-fi dream wave. And this song is called Get in the Car. Okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> 